The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Help! I need somebody! Help! Not just anybody! Help! You know I need someone! Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to episode 156 of Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Adderley, your host. Our topic today is machine-assisted breathing at home, what family caregivers should know. Machine-assisted breathing is needed in Lou Gehrig's disease, a devastating and incurable illness. At its last stage, the person's nervous system ceases to support breathing. Machine-assisted breathing is then needed for the person to stay alive. In the January 26, 2010 episode of Family Caregivers Unite, Melanie York and Colleen Smales share their stories of family caregiving for Lou Gehrig's disease. Melanie has Lou Gehrig's disease and Colleen's husband died from it in 2009. Their recording is available at the Family Caregivers Unite website and I do recommend you're listening to it because it's a most important description of what's involved in this awful disease. Now, Lou Gehrig's disease isn't the only medical condition that requires machine-assisted breathing, spine injury and stroke are other examples. Ensuring that the machine-assisted breathing is working properly is a task for respiratory therapy professionals. Ensuring that the mouth is not the source of inhaled infection that could cause pneumonia is a task of dental hygiene professionals. Respiratory therapists, dental hygienists, and family caregivers form a caring team, caring for persons at home whose lives depend on a breathing machine. To discuss machine-assisted breathing at home, um, our two guests are Jennifer Harrison and Lisa, Lisa Taylor. Jennifer is a registered respiratory therapist who's the professional practice advisor at the College of Respiratory Therapists of Ontario. She's practiced direct patient care in various healthcare settings, including a small community hospital. In addition to her respiratory therapy diploma, she holds an honours degree in human biology and a degree in adult education. She's passionate about adult learning for providing safe and ethical health care, and she believes that truly patient-centred care should include the patient, the family, and all of the caregivers as a collaborative team. Lisa is the Associate Registrar of the College of Dental Hygienists of Ontario. The college regulates the practice of dental hygiene in Ontario to ensure the highest standards of practice by the 12,000 dental hygienists it regulates. 
Lisa holds a diploma in dental hygiene, a BA in law and business, a BA in adult education, and a master's degree in health professional education. Before joining the college, she practiced as a dental hygienist for 20 years. She is the 2011 recipient of the Peacock Award for Leadership and Excellence in Championing Bold and Impactful Strategic Communications. So welcome to the show, Jennifer and Lisa. Thank you, Gordon. Thank you very much, Gordon. Glad to be here. Great. Now, Jennifer, to start with you first, please, please tell us a little bit more about your personal background, your professional career, and any experience you have of family caregiving, please. Thank you very much. Um, as I said, I'm really happy to be here today. I think about me personally, I'm most proud to be a mom and role model to my busy teenagers um, who are getting ready to go to university themselves. Um, I have a son who's interested in physiotherapy and a daughter who wants to be a teacher. So I, I think that um, they get a little bit of their passionate about caring and education from me. Um, I've always enjoyed being a respiratory therapist. Uh, I find myself very fortunate to be in the current position that I'm in as practice advisor at the College of Respiratory Therapists. I provide resources and professional practice advice um, to my people in my own profession, my peers, and to the public of Ontario. And I hope that my work can positively affect patient care in a variety of settings. Um, although I haven't worked with many families directly in the home myself, um, I have worked with many families with complex and continuing respiratory needs in the community who present to the hospital. And on a personal note, I've experienced um, firsthand caregiving of my father, who passed away from metastatic cancer at home, and he had requirements for home care as well. And my mother-in-law um, and her experience with chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. She depends on respiratory therapists and home oxygen to improve her quality of life. So these experiences influence who I am as an RT today. Thanks, Jennifer. Lisa, please, same question. Please tell us more about your personal background, your professional career, and any experience you have of family caregiving. Well, much like, much like Jennifer, um, I have, I came to the College of Dental Hygienists in, as a practice advisor. So my role here was providing, uh, practice advice to, um, dental hygienists. Uh, of course, it included members of the public because many people called and, you know, had questions about, uh, their oral health and I was here to help with that. And, um, the other, the other category we, we deal with here is, um, other health professionals who, um, need some advice on oral health matters and, um, we're willing to help out there as well so that just because you're a health professional doesn't mean that you know a lot about, um, the oral health of your clients. I've been here uh, at the CDHO, as I said, since 2005, and we have since added two more practice advisors to our staff. So we really take uh, um, the education of dental hygienists and clients uh, to a high level here. We really make ourselves available. Before coming to the CDHO, I worked in clinical practice for more than 20 years, and I treated all ages of, of clients. During that time, I spoke to many clients who were caregivers for family and friends who were challenged in caring for their mouths and teeth. So I was able to offer caregivers education and advice on mouth health, uh, mouth and teeth cleaning, uh, uh, products that were available, tools, and uh, generally giving them health 
in and advising caring for their loved ones. Um, I was also able to help uh, the caregivers recognize signs and symptoms, and this was a very important aspect, actually, of their role in uh, signs and symptoms in the mouth that needed to be brought to the attention of a dental or medical professional. So often they were the first, um, really the first beacons out there to alert us to uh, an oral health problem. So in saying this, I have the utmost respect for the role caregivers provide uh, in improving the quality of life for those they care for. Right. Now, Jennifer, please tell us about the work of respiratory therapists in the community. Thank you, Gordon. Um, So respiratory therapists play a pretty important role in the community. Um, A number of, a growing number of respiratory therapists are now providing services such as oxygen therapy and mechanical ventilation to patients in their homes. And the respiratory therapists do this in collaboration with other regulated healthcare professionals, such as doctors, nurses, occupational therapists, and other non-regulated healthcare professionals. Um, So other caregivers from the family, um, and personal support workers, for example. So it's really important to have the right health care provider mix involved to meet your patient's needs and to optimize the use, the use of the health care services that are, provide, are available in your community. Um, some other RTs work in the community um, providing diagnostics, such as pulmonary function testing, and they work in, re- in rehabilitation, for example, in cardiac and pulmonary rehabilitation, and health and wellness education, for example, in asthma clinics and with smoking cessation. Um, I'm very fortunate to be here today to share with you the project that our College of Respiratory Therapists and College of Dental Hygienists did together to provide tips on oral health care for people who require mechanical ventilation in their home. Now, I'm going to ask Lisa exactly the same question, but about dental hygienists in the community. What... Tell us about their work, please. Oh, I'd love to, Gordon. Dental hygienists, of course, are members of the healthcare team. So much like respiratory therapists, uh, we're involved in direct client care. And generally, dental hygienists practice in two main areas. Uh, I would say public health and private practice. And although there are some who practice in hospital settings, uh, such as chronic care, palliative care, uh, cancer centers, most you'll find in private um, dental practices, uh, most often working for uh, dentist-owned practices. Now, in some jurisdictions, Ontario is one where, where I live and I work, uh, dental hygienists are, pra- are permitted to practice on their own, so in self-owned practices. Some see clients uh, in practices that do not have dentists, and they're able to offer services at reduced costs in many, cha- in many instances. Uh, some dental hygienists work in group practices with other healthcare professionals, such as physicians, optometrists, dentist therapists, dietitians, etc. Uh, some work in schools, providing oral health care to children and young adults. In Ontario, uh, Canada, where I live, more and more dental hygienists are opening mobile practices, so that's something we're seeing a, a lot more of, and they're able to offer oral care in people's homes. Um, Among with this, dental hygienists also work as educators and advocates for oral health care, and uh, often through their professional associations, you can get in touch with dental hygienists to um, come and speak to groups, and that may be something that some of the caregivers who are listening today might be interested in. Jennifer, just quickly, because we're going to go into the break any minute now, but just 
just this question. How do respiratory therapists and dental hygienists connect with each other where there is somebody at home uh, with what I call mechanical breathing um, who really does need the attention of both of the professions? How do respiratory therapists get in touch with dental hygienists, in other words? Well, I think that um, patients that are at home with complex respiratory needs um, are at also high risk of developing pneumonia. And when they are on breathing machines, um, we call this ventilator-acquired pneumonia. So oral health care becomes very important in the prevention of developing this type of pneumonia. Um, and so in our joint project between our two colleges, um, we connected respiratory therapists and dental hygienists um, to prevent pneumonia. And so we wanted to increase awareness that caregivers and patients themselves can ask for these professional people to join into their care to make sure that they get optimal care from the people that they need. Right, that's very helpful. Now, this is the point where we do have to take the break. This is what I always say, we ha- where we have to pay the rent. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my guests are Jennifer Harrison and Lisa Taylor. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Please stay with us. We will be back. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. Ready for a revolution in diet and health? Confused about what to eat and how to prioritize your health concerns? Let's turn conventional wisdom on its head and rethink the old rules. Good health means real food, sound sleep, great supplements, and the right exercise. Join holistic nutritionist Beverly Meyer for the Primal Diet Modern Health Show. She'll help you rewrite your human owner's manual. Tune in Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. On the weekends, you like to relax with your girlfriends, a cup of tea, your favorite magazine, and some stories and fun. So why not check out Sisters Seriously? It's all that and a whole lot more. Host Kelly Chevalier and her guests will bring you stories and tips designed to encourage women everywhere. Find out more about fashion, interior design, beauty, and entertaining. Sure, we make mistakes like everyone else, but the goal is to find out how to overcome and live the fabulous life for free. Sisters Seriously is live every Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Jennifer Harrison and Lisa Taylor. Our topic is machine-assisted breathing at home, what family caregivers should know. Now, let's talk about more about respiratory therapy and mouth health. So, Jennifer, starting with you, please. What is the res- what is respiratory therapy, really, and for what health conditions is it most commonly used at home? 
Well, Gordon, I'm really glad you asked that question. As an RT myself, although I'm not practicing direct patient care, I'm passionate about my profession, and I'm glad to explain what RTs do. Um, so the scope of practice of respiratory therapy can be described as providing oxygen therapy, um, monitoring cardiorespiratory equipment, assessment and treatment of cardio and respiratory associated disorders, and all of this is for the purpose of maintaining or restoring breathing. So in other words, respiratory therapists help people of all ages to breathe when they can't breathe on their own. So we deal with patients and um, clients from all ages, from premature newborn infants who have struggle at birth to breathe, um, to patients who require life support due to a chronic illness or a, tra- a traumatic accident. In the community, respiratory therapists provide services including education and awareness um, to help people who may breathe and speak through artificial airways, and these are known as tracheostomy tubes. Uh, they also provide medications by inhalations, for example, to um, children with cystic fibrosis. And they may also provide oxygen um, to palliative care patients or people with chronic respiratory conditions and to others who may depend on machines to help them breathe. Um, you may have heard of CPAP machines for people who are dealing with disorders like sleep apnea. And other people rely on breathing machines fully, 24-7, to help them breathe. For example, patients who are paralyzed or have muscular dystrophy or Lou Gehrig's disease, as you mentioned. So you can imagine that people who breathe a mix of air and oxygen that's delivered by a machine um, through an artificial airway and not their mouth or nose, these people have unique oral health care needs. And so providing warm, humidified air and keeping the mouth healthy and free from infection become very important key issues. That's a cue to Lisa now. Please say more, Lisa, about why and in what way ways mouth health is important for someone receiving respiratory therapy at home in the range of conditions that Jennifer has been talking about. Well, Gordon, it's no secret that oral health is closely associated with, or- with overall health. And the condition of the mouth has implications for the rest of the body. It's clear. Similarly, the physical and mental condition of the body has great implications for the oral health of the mouth. Um, Generally, most people, for example, know that bacteria found in the mouth can cause gum disease, tooth decay, bleeding gums, bad breath, tooth and gum pain, sores in the mouth. Most importantly, though, to people who are mechanically ventilated, there's a risk that bacteria in the mouth, and you got to this at the early uh, onset of this segment where you did your introduction, but uh, what we know is that bacteria in the mouth will make its way down the air passage and into their lungs. And the mechanically ventilated, uh, the part where the air is being delivered, uh, actually hastens that. So it actually makes it a, a greater risk, and the, the risk becomes... Um, um, increasingly with the, 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 um, the air itself. Um, so really mechanically ventilated clients are at a very real risk of getting pneumonia, which can make them very sick to the extent of placing them at the risk of death. So, you know, again, the very action of the forced air being delivered into the respiratory tract, uh, their lifeline, as you will, actually puts them at a greater risk that bacteria found in the mouth, so found around the teeth, the gums, uh, on the tongue, will be launched at a greater speed and with more force into their lungs. 
So uh, for caregivers listening, you can greatly reduce the, uh, the risk of that ventilated-acquired pneumonia by keeping the bacterial uh, count in the mouth at a minimum. And that means that oral care must be a priority, must be vigorous, and must be frequent. And it means that you can't do it one time a day. And I, I know that it's very difficult to think about uh, entering the mouth and providing um, oral care more often than that, but uh, once a day just is not enough for um, these people who are at the greatest risk. Jennifer, um, let's ask you what is perhaps a bit of an awkward question, but it's this. What are the commonest ways in which things may go wrong when someone is receiving respiratory therapy at home? Well, this is a great question and a very important one to ask in the context of patient safety and prevention um, for things like ventilator-acquired pneumonia. So things often go wrong when caregivers don't know what they don't know. So um, I would like to come from the perspective of education and awareness and having the right caregivers on a collaborative healthcare team. Um, this becomes key factors in delivering safe and ethical care to people in their home or in any, any healthcare setting for that matter. Um, recognizing this, um, the College of Respiratory Therapists of Ontario, where I worked, where I work, um, currently published a training manual. And in this training manual, which we've entitled "A Continuum of Care from Hospital to Home: Optimizing Respiratory Therapy Services," it's a training manual for healthcare providers um, in, on the interprofessional team, for caregivers at home, families, and patients themselves to learn how to uh, use respiratory therapy at home. Um, and this manual contains everything from basic lessons on respiratory um, anatomy and physiology all the way to manuals on how to use equipment, um, how to prevent infection, how to clean equipment, um, how to talk with other members of the healthcare teams. It provides guidelines, checklists. Um, it's really an all-encompassing manual, and it's written for all caregivers to be able to facilitate people to live in the community who are cro chronically ventilated. Um, and it is evidence-based. So some of the common challenges, um, preventing infection and controlling infection when they have it, ensuring that people are practicing evidence-based care. That's a big challenge, and it can, be a, it can be helped by increasing awareness and education and providing good oral health care to ventilated patients. Um, this can reduce uh, mortality and morbidity um, and, you know, just the things like how to deal with an emergency and ensuring good communication. Um, these are all challenges, but they can be overcome by education and awareness. Okay. Lisa, using the word challenges again, what are the challenges to mouth health when someone is receiving respiratory therapy at home? Well, Gordon, although um, some ventilated clients are able to do their own brushing and flossing, um, really most rely on someone else, their caregivers, for their daily oral care. And I would say one of the greatest challenges I see as a dental hygienist is that often oral care becomes a low priority because there are so many other day-to-day -day needs that are seen as more pressing um, oral care is often the sort of the last thing you do at the end of the day or the, the time you do when you're rushed for something else. And, and I understand this for caregivers, but um, you can imagine I'm out there on the other side cheering for the oral care of their, of their loved ones. 
So I, I know that caregivers may be uncomfortable going into the mouth or working around respiratory equipment, uh, but I'm hoping that uh, this segment today will impress them into making the mouth a priority too. Talking of making the mouth a priority, Lisa, this is just a follow-up call. Yep. You mentioned that family caregivers might be reluctant for for whatever reason to, so to speak, go inside the mouth of their loved one. Please say, give the advice to us now that you would give a, to a family caregiver who is reluctant to go into the mouth of the, the loved one. Well, I'd like to impress, impress upon them um, uh, first and foremost that um, it's important to know what to do um, and when to do it. So I would advise them to talk to an oral health care professional, a dental hygienist, to um, become more familiar with the mouth itself, uh, to know uh, that, you know, some people are reluctant to, um, uh, to go into the crevices or to touch certain things or even to know, is this healthy, is this not healthy? Um, often one of the things we hear is, well, I, I went to do this, but the gum started to bleed, and so I stopped. And, you know, for, for a dental hygienist, the, blo- the uh, blood that's produced when you, you touch the gums says to us that there's a lot of bacteria there. So really the message that, that they're taking is that I shouldn't go any further, and the message the dental hygienist would tell you is, yes, and here's how to do it. Right. So um, that's that. That's probably really to become familiar with the mouth, to know what you're doing. And, you know, there's a lot of products out there uh, that can help them. So uh, even, you know, the choice of toothbrush, uh, a nice soft, perhaps a big, perhaps a small head, depending on how much access there is and they have, are all things that, um, as a dental hygienist, I would recommend to them. Right. Um, you know, I know there's a lot of issues around saliva, um, you know, but uh, I understand that there are suctioning uh, um, machines that uh, I know Jennifer can speak to, but that um, go home with the client when they're going home um, with uh, a respirator. Just a very quick question to you, Jennifer. What are the, you think, what do you think are the signs that a family caregiver should be on the lookout for when somebody's on machine assisted breathing? Uh, the signs that something's going wrong. What are the ones that you really look out for? Um, well, as I mentioned, I, I haven't had uh, the experience of working as a respiratory therapist in the home setting. Um, but certainly um, in the hospital setting, when patients develop pneumonia, there's a, a lot of signs that we look at as the healthcare team, um, changes to vital signs, temperature, um, you know, the frequency in which they're breathing, production of mucus and coughing, the color of the mucus, um, you know, the, just the labor, how the patient looks when they're breathing, um, if they're labored in their breathing. Um, whether they're synchronous with the ventilator. There's so many things um, that as a, a trained professional you would look for. And uh, just a very quick comment from me, and those are things that a family caregiver should look out for, that sure. in other words, things have changed. They're not as they used to be, and that's a kind of warning signal. Now, at that point, I have to interrupt this fascinating and important discussion to take the break. So this is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my guests are Jennifer Harrison and Lisa Taylor. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stay tuned. We're coming back. (music) 
find out which guests are being featured this week. Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Very rarely does our news media spotlight some of the good things that are happening in our world. For more of these good stories and the people that are creating them, tune in to Bread for the Journey with Mariana Cacciatore. Whether these good acts stem from personal tragedy or just a desire to help out and make this a better world in which to live, you'll find inspiration in every week's program. Connect with those that are doing something great for a change. Listen for Bread for the Journey, Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Nine different energy systems make up the energy body. Energy is all around us and connects us. Energy exerts a major control over our biology and is a big reason why you should be tuning in to energy medicine and optimal health with your host, Dr. Ann Deatley. We'll explore energy balance techniques, tips, and patterns to keep your flow of energy optimal to maintain maximal health. By adopting these techniques, you will keep your energy body and physical body in harmony. Listen for Energy Medicine and Optimal Health, Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Health & Wellness. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Jennifer Harrison and Lisa Taylor. Our topic is machine-assisted breathing at home, what family caregivers should know. Now, let's talk about preventing things going wrong for someone receiving respiratory therapy at home. So, Jennifer, starting with you, in what way do respiratory therapists work to prevent things going wrong with respiratory therapy at home? Jennifer? Okay. If I may, Gordon, I'd like to focus in on an example, Uh, the example being prevention of ventilator-acquired pneumonia. Um, So as Lisa had mentioned, pneumonia happens when infectious pathogens are inhaled and they travel deep into the lungs, causing infection. So people using ventilators are at higher risk um, because the ventilators are helping them to breathe. And as Lisa mentioned, there may be pathogens in the mouth and upper airway that can be tracked down into the the breathing tubes. Um, So this led our colleges to work on a joint project. And what we wanted to do was come up with some recommendations on how respiratory therapists and dental hygienists could work together to prevent ventilator-acquired pneumonia. Um, So some of the things we looked at um, were things like infection prevention and control. So some things that respiratory therapists and other caregivers can do is to access their jurisdiction's um, guidelines on infection prevention and control. So in Ontario, we have Ontario Public Health, um, and they publish resources for caregivers to use to reduce infection. And that would include things like hand washing um, and keeping your environment clean. Um, and these are evidence-based practices that are available to everybody through, for example, Public Health Ontario. Um, there are other things that RTs and other healthcare professionals can do to reduce ventilator-acquired pneumonia, like being familiar with evidence-based guidelines for best practices. 
So there are guidelines. Um, Safer Healthcare Now is in Canada, um, one of the resources that we use, and they have a toolkit on how to prevent ventilator-acquired pneumonia. And they provide all of the information on how to get started and, and how to um, decontaminate the oral cavity um, with chlorhexidine twice a day, for example. That's something we learn for the, from the dental hygienists. And so, again, these are evidence-based practice guidelines that uh, respiratory therapists and other healthcare professionals can advocate for. Um, and it's important for other RTs and other professionals on the team to talk to each other um, and to communicate and to only practice where they're knowledgeable and competent and to know when to ask for help. Um, they should always keep in mind to meet the standards of their profession and to act in the interest of the patients. And again, I can't repeat how important it is to communicate with the family, the patient, and the other members on the team um, when complex cases arise. Um, a lot of times these ventilated patients who have artificial airways in place have mouth sores, and so the RT or who's ever at the bedside uh, should engage the proper healthcare professional to help them and decide what to do that's in the okay. best interest of the patient. That's over to you now, Lisa. First of all, it's a general question. What do dental hygienists do in their work to prevent mouth problems, you know, for someone receiving respiratory therapy? But also, can you... Um, Follow on from what um, Jennifer was saying about preventive, preventing pneumonia and these issues of, of mouth sores. Lisa? Yeah, sure, Gordon. Uh, well, you know, dental hygienists, of course, can work with uh, respiratory therapists, other health care professionals. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of their role is to educate um, the other health professionals as they can learn from the other health professionals, but also to educate, uh, say, caregivers uh, on the oral care of um, th their loved one. Uh, they can also help develop best, best practices for patient care, and, w you know, we talked about that. That's one of the joint projects that we were involved in with respiratory therapy, and um, that is things, those are best practices that optimize um, the health of, of our joint clients. Um, they also can work with other groups to um, to stress that oral health needs to be a priority. And so they become advocates on behalf of the patient and, and behalf of the caregiver. Um, dental hygienists as well can give advice on products, um, uh, tools or oral aids, and also resources in the community that can help you um, with your um, loved one's oral health. Um, the tools and resources, the products uh, can help keep bacteria in the mouth under control. And, you know, if you, um, if you or your loved one requires oral care, um, the dental hygienist can become the referral source and the advocate uh, for programs sometimes in the community where there, um, if uh, affordability is an issue. Uh, dental hygienists who see ventilated uh, clients, so um, certainly some of the clients can come to them and visit them in their practices, and uh, they can also deliver uh, mobile care to those traveled uh, who are um, challenged by travel into an office. So dental hygienists can actually, by delivering professional uh, cleanings and, you know, perhaps fluoride treatments, can actually... Um, 
uh, help cut down on problems uh, further on, you know, when you're talking about things like mouth sores. Uh, they can also screen for signs of dental problems and then can offer referrals to um, uh, dentists or to um, healthcare practitioners that might um, better address those problems. So, in other words, if they, if if you were visiting your dental hygienist and um, uh, she observed a problem with perhaps um, you know, uh, a lot of bacteria forming at the end, uh, around the edge of the uh, respirator, the ventilator. Uh, the dental hygienist wouldn't go in there and clean that. That would be the the um, place for the uh, professional. In this case, the respiratory uh, professional, and we would certainly refer over that way. Um, in terms of uh, those, uh, you know, keeping the plaque down, keeping the bacteria count down, that will help a lot for things like the mouth sores. Uh, also, there's a, products that are available for people who have low um, saliva. So having not a lot of saliva in your mouth causes uh, many problems. Saliva, as you know, is a real um, a a medium for for cleaning, for cleaning the oral cavity, for keeping the pH balance um, in check. And so, therefore, helps to decrease the, um, the opportunity for bacteria that causes cavities bacteria that causes gum disease, and certainly that bacteria that can be inhaled down into the lungs that can be fatal for, um, yeah. I'm going to now go to Jennifer, and the question is for her and for you, Lisa, in a moment, is what can family caregivers do, first of all to Jennifer, to help prevent things going wrong with respiratory therapy at home? In other words, what's the role of the family caregiver? Jennifer? I think a very key role of the family health care giver is to become educated and aware. Um, so I was thinking about um, the dental hygienists when you go and visit them in their office, but the RTs, they come into the patient's home and often provide care. So when they're there, using them as a resource and asking those questions and, and being inquisitive, um, finding out about more about respiratory therapy and what that means. So if you have a patient who's receiving long-term ventilation in the home, um, going to places where you can find information. So in Ontario, for example, if you go to the licensing body or the regulatory college, we have information about what RTs do. We have practice guidelines. We have clinical best practice guidelines. We have a manual to help people. And all of this is available to the public for free um, so that we can help provide um, safe and ethical care that's in the interest of the patient. So going to those key resources like the professional college or the professional association or the schools for more information and becoming aware. Um, when you go there, you can also find out what to expect from respiratory therapy. Um, and if you need a respiratory therapist, and I, I believe dental hygienists also, they have a public register. So um, you can look up on the public register if you have an RT or, an ident- or a dental hygienist in your area. Um, so then you can connect and find out more information, get, get answers to your questions. Um, okay. I'm just going to stop you, Jennifer, sure. because, again, the tyranny of time, it's always a problem. Lisa, I want to ask you, same question, what can family caregivers do to maintain mouth health for someone receiving respiratory therapy at home? Family caregivers um, fill such an important role in keeping their loved ones comfortable and healthy, and the mouth is no exception to this. Uh, keeping the mouth clean is, is needs to be a priority, and it's going to require them to take action 
two to three times a day by entering the mouth with, say, a soft toothbrush and, um, and brush the teeth, the gums, inside the cheek, the tongue. Those are all areas that need to be uh, have the plaque and bacteria removed. Um, there are special toothpastes that have low-foaming properties that are available on the market, and if they're unable to get into the mouth with a toothbrush, they can use ga- gauze wrapped around their finger and um, use it the same way you would use a toothbrush, say, to get around the areas. Um, there are also antibacterial rinses and gels, such as chlorhexidine. Jennifer mentioned that product earlier. And um, they're available, and ideally, they should be used four times a day. And really, this is that antibacterial rinse, that chlorhexidine, is really uh, a mighty agent in breaking down bacteria. And some of you might know it by trade names like Paradex and Periogard. Um, they can be applied with the toothbrush uh, or with the gauze, and they can be used instead of toothpaste. And in some areas, you can buy them over the counter. So if you're a caregiver and you're hearing this, um, you might ask your pharmacist if it's available in, in um pharmacy. And if not, uh, they can be prescribed and they can be prescribed by a dental or medical practitioner and uh, as well, they can be prescribed by dental hygienists in most jurisdictions. If you're going to use the chlorhexidine, I want you to make sure not to rinse the mouth after application. I know that the taste is um, not the most pleasant. It's um, a little bit minty, but it certainly uh, has a medicinal taste to it. But uh, rinsing right after really uh, reduces its ability to destroy the bacteria. So we really want you to leave it in for about 30 minutes. That's enough time for it to do its work. One of the things I want to stress here, which may seem, you know, uh, frivolous or silly, is to make sure as a caregiver you wash your hands well before entering the mouth and wear disposable gloves. Um, I want you to be aware that gloved hands should not touch other areas of the body before entering the mouth. So it's not only the mouth bacteria that we worry about, but bacteria that's found outside the mouth that we don't want you to um, bring into the mouth that it can be then um, brought down the airway. And after use, um, remember gloves are single use and just throw them away. Key and, points. Uh, yeah, now, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, well, times against ahead. us. Okay. So we'll have a chance, perhaps, just to catch up in a mo- in the last segment on key things. Uh, so it is time for the break. This is Dr. Gordon Adderley, and my guests are Jennifer Harrison and Lisa Taylor. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stay tuned. We're coming back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. 
Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Jennifer Harrison and Lisa Taylor. Our topic is machine-assisted breathing at home, what family caregivers should know. Now, let's talk about ways to advance mouth health and respiratory therapy for persons receiving machine-assisted breathing at home. So, Lisa, you first. What more do you want to see done to advance mouth health for persons receiving therapy at home? Uh, I guess, you know, Gordon, I'd like to see more collaboration between all members of the healthcare team. So I would like to see a dental hygienist um, there as part of the team, and often we don't see that in hospital settings. Um, I'd like to see the dental hygienist involved in the orientation for caregivers when patients are being released from hospital settings. Certainly, then, they wouldn't go home with questions about how do I uh, deliver oral care, and they would also see it as the priority that it is. Um, I feel like I'm getting up on a, a soapbox here, but I'd like to see more uh, dental hygienists in the community educating and delivering the message of oral health for those most vulnerable. So I'd like to, to activate the dental hygiene community in getting more involved. I'd like to see caregivers organize and approach dental hygienists for help in teaching them uh, how to care for their loved one's um, teeth and mouths. I'd like to see oral health care as a priority for government funding. And I know that uh, this is something that we don't have here in Canada, and I'm guessing that for our American friends, uh, that something they don't have. Um, I would really like to see it, especially for um, our most vulnerable populations here. Jennifer, it's the same question. What do you what more do you want to see done to advance respiratory therapy for persons receiving respiratory therapy at home? Well, I think I echo many of Lisa's um wants and needs for uh the advancement of oral care. Um but in a little opposite way. Um Lisa mentioned how she'd like to see more dental hygienists in hospitals and I certainly would like to see more respiratory therapy uh, services provided in the community. And that's an interesting way how we got connected because we figure we can both help each other move into those areas and increase education and awareness. Um, RTs are highly skilled and competent professional people, um, but there are issues that came out of our focus group from working together that I would like to see more RTs stop and, and take a moment to consider. Um, for example, working with patients who um, are challenged because 
of their awareness to care for themselves for oral care. Um, for example, patients with deme- dementia and mental health. Um, when they have complicated airways in place, you know, the RTs also have to take these things into consideration. Um, other issues like patient compliance, can they actually physically take care of their mouths and do they have access to assistance? Again, costs, Lisa mentioned this, um, some people are not able to properly care for their mouths and, um, you know, the respiratory therapist can be an integral member of the team to help um, their patients with complex respiratory needs, you know, discuss this and find solutions. Um, and so in order to train the trainers, um, reaching out and speaking to um, interprofessional teams in hospitals, in schools, at professional association conferences, um, and to engage the right people on the right team so that we can optimize the services given the resources we have. Right. Now, Lisa, what's your message to family caregivers with a family member who's receiving respiratory therapy at home? What's your message? Well, my message is if you're feeling alone, you're not alone. And certainly, you know, this program brings to light that there are so many people, um, caregivers who are caring, and I want you to know that there are health professionals who are there to help you. And your dental hygienist is one of those health professionals, and um, the dental hygienist can be a resource and can help you in so many ways to optimize uh, the oral health of your loved one. All you need to do is find one and ask. Um, so I, I urge them to find a dental hygienist in the community who will help you keep your loved one's mouth healthy, make it a priority. And if you need a dental hygienist to come and speak to your group or to you, um, look within your community for a dental hygiene association or a dental hygiene society. They're always listed. If you're here in Ontario, you can certainly uh, contact the Ontario Dental Hygienist Association or we're welcome to um, facilitate finding the right person to come and speak to you if you talk to um, the College of Dental Hygienists here in Ontario. Jennifer, your message to family caregivers with a family member receiving respiratory therapy at home. Well, I guess my take-home message would be that taking care of patients who have complex respiratory therapy needs, such as long-term ventilation, it can be done, but it's hard. And despite the seemingly complex care that you need, um, for example, the respiratory therapy equipment and the troubleshooting and when things go wrong, there's lots of resources to help you. So involving the right healthcare professionals on the team, and that includes the patient and it includes the family caregivers, and asking questions, seeking out information um, from the regulatory bodies, for example, is a great place to start. The addition of RTs and dental hygienists to the interprofessional team can increase the capacity of the team to keep clients with complex needs in their home and in the community. It can reduce hospital visits and readmissions. And so caring for an individual in their home, it also acknowledges a person's right to choose where they live and the type of support that they need, and this definitely can enhance their quality of life. So you're both emphasizing in many ways the role of the family caregiver in all of this. Um, Work with the professionals, the, the respiratory therapists, the dental hygienists. And my sort of closing comment on this is that what's more important than breathing? Uh Um, You know, and if pneumonia can be caused, which it can, by the passing of infection from an infected mouth into the lungs, that's 
undermining, if not destroying, the good, the beneficial effects of the respiratory therapy, the machine-assisted breathing. So therefore, this is at times what you're both doing, what your professions are both doing, Jennifer and Lisa, are, is life-saving work. This is, this is prolonging life. This is caring for people who, without the services, the kinds of services you're providing and others provide too, would be at the end of their lives. And so I'm perhaps making a point, and it's a little bit of an emotional point, but I'm making it. It's vital, I think, for the healthcare system to see what you're doing in this care in the home. And you both alluded to this should be seen as essential care. Now, I'm going to say medical care. I don't mean delivered by doctors. I mean care that the healthcare system should support because it really matters. It, it's a matter of, at times, as I keep saying, of saving lives. And then, also, it reads into the importance of this teamwork between respiratory therapy therapists, dental hygienists, and family caregivers, so that the information that you've been talking about flows to the family caregivers. Um, they understand. They know they can ask you questions, and they know you, they'll get answers which make sense to them. They're understandable, practical stuff that people need in situations of this nature. So I'm, I'm kind of becoming excited by what you've been saying for the reason that it matters so much. And if I can just be a bit cautious in what I'm saying, it is only this, that I think sometimes people tend to see the mouth as something that looks after itself, or maybe if it does need care, it's just a matter of cosmetic appearance, that kind of thing. Uh, Lisa's message to us is that's not the case. It's much more, the, the mouth is much more fundamental in all the things we've been talking about. And as far as the things that Jennifer's been talking about, this point that go and find information, get your, I'm not being rooted family caregivers and I'm lecturing them, of course, but please go and find out the information that they need, that you need to do the job like the other professions are doing. So thank you to Jennifer and thank you to Lisa for sharing with us your experience, your insights and your advice. And I want to wish you, all of you and your professions, every success, particularly in getting that funding issue uh, sorted out here in Canada and also in the US. I want to say thank you to our listeners. We'd like to hear your comments on this episode. And from our listeners, I'd like to hear from you about ideas for topics or if you're interested yourselves in being guests on the show. In our next episode, we'll talk about dealing with diabetes, diet and daily living, how family caregivers help. Please join us, same time, same spot on the internet. Talk to you then. Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And until then, we hope our program will help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. And I do appreciate you being around. 
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 